Hey, welcome to the Crosspoint Church Podcast. I'm Rob Chartrand, the lead pastor of the church. We're a church that's for the city in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, and are passionate about helping people find their way back to God. Hey, if you're new, I'll have a bit to say at the end of the podcast, but in the meantime, let's listen to this Sunday's message. Well, good morning, church, and welcome to those of you who are joining us in the worship center and to those online as well. Hi, mom. I'm on the internet. Um, Thanks, guys. Oh, boy. Uh, My name's Kincaid, and if you're looking for ways to give your... Wrong script? Okay, sorry. Um, I think I got the wrong one. Sorry. Um... Thank you for joining us this morning. And hey, before you, uh, before you go this morning, let me remind you of who you are. Yeah. Wrong, wrong. Okay, I think I got it this time. Um, here, my name's Kincaid, and I've been a. I think I got it. I, uh, I've been a crosspointer for the past six years, and have been involved in a lot of ways here at the church, um, from the welcome team to the spot on kids ministry downstairs, the worship team at one point. No, I'm not related to the Filipinos that play on stage. Uh, <laughs> To the main ministry that got me connected, connected to Crosspoint, uh, the youth ministry where I have been serving for six years come this fall. In the half a decade that I've been serving at Crosspoint, I've experienced a lot of things like setting up or attempting to help set up uh, every Sunday in the gymnasium to now owning our very own building. Um, There have been a lot of changes, but every Sunday, the one thing that I always take away and brag about is our vibrant and welcoming community. So soon after Jesus' resurrection, James wrote to the churches scattered uh, in the Roman Empire. Like Crosspoint, these churches were also vibrant and welcoming. These churches, however, were experiencing a lot of trials but they were still alive, growing, and welcoming as ever. Though many of them were poor and in need, they lived lives in full devotion to Jesus. But James, one of the leaders of the early church, wanted them to be more than just Christians on paper. He wanted them to live it. Somebody say, live it. Good. And so one of the ways to live practically as an embodied people of God is through prayer. A Christian must pray because prayer is effective. That's it? Yeah, I think so. Um, But here, James was so sold out on the effectiveness of prayer that... Okay, before I get ahead of myself, would you turn with me in your Bibles or follow along with me as I read and as I say to my youth kids in my preacher voice uh, to James chapter 5 verses 13 to 18. Today I'll be reading from the New International Version. Is anyone of you in trouble? He should pray. Is anyone happy? Let him sing songs of praise. Is any one of you sick? He should call the elders of the church to pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise him up. 
If he has sinned, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. Elijah was a man just like us. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again, he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. And may the Lord God add blessing to the reading of his word. Yeah, so James was sold out on prayer. He says, any of you been in trouble? Pray. Happy? Pray. Let him sing songs of praise. Is, anyone, is any one of you sick? Pray. Good, good. We're catching on. We're catching on. Catching on faster than the youth does. Great. All right. So there is a reason why he kept repeating it. He knows it's effective, and he knows his original audience knows, and I hope that you guys know that as well. So he says, make it central. Make it second nature. A first response to everything that you do. Again, why? Because you've seen it. You've experienced it. You know what it can do. So this morning, you might be saying, okay, uh, uh, cool, I'm riding with you, Kincaid. Uh, I can see that prayer is effective, but what or how is prayer made effective? Is there a formula? Very recently, my family has gone through and is actually still going through uh, a pretty scary event. My father got COVID. Now, for some who got it, it was nothing but a bad cold or a fever. Uh, it was worse for my dad. I'll tell you more about it later. But what I can say at this point is that this, this whole thing made me question, what makes prayer effective? James gives us two ways. The first is that prayer is made effective through righteousness. Righteousness? Kincaid, it's the middle of the summer in a pandemic. Why you gotta, why you gotta throw a big Jesus word to us like that? Okay, so I said, tell me you could calm down. A quick definition. Righteousness is the quality of being morally right or justifiable. Or even more simple, the quality of being made right with God. Being made right with God? But I suck as a human being. No, I know. I know. But it's not the righteousness that comes from you but from the righteousness that is from Jesus that the Father sees in you. Thank God. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, it says, he, he made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. But there is a barrier for receiving this righteousness. And that is? sin. But thankfully, 
the Bible says this, James 5, chapter, uh, ch- chapter 5, verse 16. Therefore, confess your sins to one another. Confession of sin is an agreement between people that sin is wrong in the, in the sight of God that needs to be dealt with and turned away from. You see, confession of sin to the modern-day Christians, as us, is something that we don't really do. But doing so is actually an important part of a good prayer and Christian life. So in the context of what James was talking about, James was early in chapter 5, writing to rebuke the richer Christians who were oppressing the poorer Christians. He was telling them to own up to their sins and ask for forgiveness in person. Then talking to the general public, he instructs them to confess their sins to anyone that they have hurt or vice versa. I remember once holding a grudge towards the student council president of my college for a whole year. Uh, I would go to chapels and go to church services, and something never felt right. It wasn't until one of the final chapel times of the school year when the Holy Spirit nudged me and commanded me to apologize and let the grudge go. So, being the good Christian that I am, said, oh, it's not the Holy Spirit, it's just lunch. I just had a big lunch. No, then he reminded me of Matthew chapter 5, verse 23 to 24, where it says, when Jesus said to fix your problems with your brother before offering your gift to the altar. I had to do it. I had to. Know why? The guy's name was Matthew. No, no. um, The moral of the story is that I was finally free of my sin and was able to freely worship. You see, Sin causes us to be isolated from one another. With sin comes shame. And when we're full of shame, we'd want to be alone. And that's when the enemy will come to kill us and destroy us. Confession, on the other hand, breaks the power of hidden sin and unites us. So people often think, that sin will break your union with God. But Romans chapter 8, verse 38 to 39 tells us that nothing, somebody say nothing, nothing can separate us from the love of God. What sin does is it breaks your communion with God and his people. We cannot be, folks, we cannot be an embodied people when we are not united. So pray. Pray as you are made righteous by God through His Son. So you might be wondering, Kincaid, when are you going back to your dad's story and how does it relate to prayer? After this sip of water. Um, So it was a Saturday, a month ago tomorrow, um, when my dad was unable to breathe because of the sickness and was taken in by the ambulance. 
A couple of hours after that, the hospital people said that he had an even harder time breathing and was, sta was taken in to get his heart checked. A couple of weeks ago, um, my, dad's my dad's since then been home, but a couple of weeks ago, my dad revealed to me that at one point, it was so hard for him to breathe that he was ready to let go. And so after hearing this news, I broke down asking God, God, how many prayers do I need to say? God, what posture do you want me to do? What do you need me to do? And I realized as I was praying that I needed to humble myself and know that it's not any of my own good doing that will make my prayers be heard, but through the righteousness of Christ in me. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19 this is the confidence that we have to enter the most holy place by way of Jesus. His righteousness, folks, not mine, will make prayer effective. The second way that James tells us will make prayer effective is through faith. Faith is a complete trust in someone or something. And you know, something that Christians do or sometimes do in, in prayer is they believe in prayer, but not to whom they are praying to. We believe so much in the action that, yeah, okay, I'll just pray, I'll just pray, that we fail to recognize that prayer is communication. It's a two-way street between you and God. I have this thing growing up that, that I did whenever I'm scared or was in trouble. I just keep repeating, like, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. And if I'm really in trouble, I'd whisper, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Don't know what to do. Jesus' name, Jesus' name. Over and over and over. And yeah, it sounds nice. And it sounds like I'm praying. But I'm not really trusting God, am I? I'm trusting in the prayer. But, the end, but at the end of the day, prayer is just words. It is completely meaningless if it's not said to someone that can actually do something about it. James chapter 5, verses 17 to 18, uses the example of the prophet Elijah, who was looked up to by people in the early Jewish Christian audience. See, Elijah was a man, though a prophet, was just like us. Sinful in many ways, but God answered his prayers anyway. Why? Because God willed it. God saw the man who recognized his own inadequacies. He saw the man through the lens of grace, and God wanted to show him that he is God, not Elijah. You see, the answers to his prayers was never dependent on how he prayed, but to whom he prayed to. 
It did not matter if it was Elijah or Moses or Rob or little Fitzy that prayed that the heavens would come and go. I know them too. But what mattered is that we know who we are praying to, that we had faith in who we are praying to. Again, faith is a complete confidence, complete confidence in, in God. Quick message, but as I conclude this morning, church, let me ask you this morning, who is your God? When you pray, who are you trusting and believing that will hear your prayer and grant it? That first Saturday night that my dad was in the hospital, I could barely sleep. I doubt that anyone in my household could. You know, it sucked not being able to do anything that, to help someone that you love. You feel hopeless. But God being the God that he is gave me peace. When we can't do anything, we realize that God is always at work. Folks, he reaches places and people that we could never, ever reach. He's our great provider, our great healer, our very present help in time of need. Come on. He is our great physician, our counselor, making sense of things that we can't wrap our minds around. He is just. And he is our advocate. And so, friends, as we go back to life that kind of resembles normalcy, as we, learn, as we relearn how to people again, let us be a people of prayer because prayer is effective. Let us be people who boldly knock on heaven's door because we know that our prayers are seen through the lens of what Jesus did on the cross. And we know that the God of the universe is the one that we are praying to. And we know that he is always for us. Our prayers are effective because God is greater he is all-powerful, and he is for you. Would you bow your heads this morning as we pray? God of the heavens and the earth, we thank you for your goodness, and we thank you for your faithfulness. We ask this morning that through the righteousness of your son, Jesus, and by the faith that we profess, that you would help us to become not just a people of prayer, but a people who boldly prays and knocks on heaven's door. We love you, God. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, and all God's people say, amen. Well, thanks for listening to our podcast. 
We hope it's helped you in your spiritual journey and it's helped you draw closer to God. Let me tell you a little bit about us. Crosspoint gathers as one church on Sundays in Northeast Edmonton. And you can find out our location and more about us by visiting our website, thecrosspointchurch.ca. We also meet throughout the week throughout Edmonton in what we call home groups. These are smaller communities of learning, laughter, community, uh, transformation. We, we think that the journey of faith was never intended to be an independent exercise. It's, it's something that we do together. So please visit our website and find out how you can get connected to a home group near you. If you listen to our podcast regularly, why not make it shareable? You could like us on iTunes or share our podcast with other people. But more importantly, we hope you will get connected with other people and talk about what you've learned. Again, hey, thanks for listening. We pray you'll experience Christ's love in a very real and profound way this week.